0: When we're looking at the topic of sociology, one area that I think we really have to focus in on is um, your interaction with the people in the world around you. Uh, We have primary groups, we have secondary groups. Our primary groups are those groups of individuals that are very intimate with us, our close friends, those people we can confide in, uh, friendships that maybe support us in our church or in our community groups where our secondary groups are those people that we have interaction with that we may not feel significant closeness with or close nature. Uh, It may be for students here on this campus, individuals that they get together in a classroom, and they have classroom discussions, but they may not take the time to get to know each other really. Um, I'm always encouraging the students as they break into groups, I'm like reintroduce yourselves, you may have forgotten names. Um, Being able to connect from that perspective, You're connected for the moment because you're in a class, but they're not those individuals that are really close. All of us have those people in our family that we're drawn to. It may be someone who we're very close to because of their personality or their nature. Uh, We can relate well to them. We can complete their sentences. We have a great relationship with them. And then we have other people in our family that we may be drawn to because they challenge us or they hold us accountable. Uh, They nurture and support us. Um, I know in my family, my grandfather was just that special person I could connect with, and I loved being his pet. Um, I have very close relationships with my three nieces, and I love when I get cards from them from Auntie, and you're like a second mom to us. My sister and I are very similar in nature, but our parenting styles are very different. She was not that challenging kid in the family. So for her, she sets limits and boundaries and just expects the kids to obey. And I'm that kid who really pushed the limits in the family. So I kind of have heart-to-hearts with my nieces and periodically will tell them, maybe you shouldn't hang out with that person or "This this individual could be a bad influence. And we'll laugh and talk about it because I'll shoot straight. I'll be very honest and very direct with them my background is working with court-involved kids and, and youth that have have had challenging pasts and I work all the time as I've shared earlier to see people through the eyes of Christ to see how they were designed to be to take a kid who really works the street maybe dealing drugs or um, can survive in, in some really aberrant conditions and encourage them in their decision making to market those skills and maybe uh, take on new challenges in life and get away from Uh, the difficult behaviors that probably have tied them down. Uh, Being able to um, integrate and interact with students and understand what we talked about earlier, our statuses, uh, our achieved statuses and our um, ascribed statuses. A child born to a single-parent family can have the same level of success as a child born to a two-parent family, but they also have to have that same level of support, engagement, interaction, and education, those things that really help them. Uh, when we're looking at our status sets, many times we're thinking about what are those things that comprise who we are as individuals. I am a daughter. I'm also the baby in the family. I like to play that card sometimes. I'm married, so I'm a wife. I'm a mother of three children, two daughters and a son. Uh, being able to see from that perspective. I'm My daughters, I get them. I get how girls are wired and how I interact with them. And sometimes I struggle with my son and I can remember one time saying to my husband, is this because he's 15, because he's a boy, because he's being obstinate, because he's high-strung, and my husband just smiled and said, yes, and I was like, okay, so it's all of it, it's the conglomerate, and so we are very much products of our environment, our family dynamics, the groups that we interact with. Someone who's very sports-minded and athletic and someone who's very sports-minded and they love to be the observer, not the participant. Uh, For me, I enjoy baking. That's an area of my life that defines me down. So I enjoy teaching well I get my needs met because I'll bake 300 cupcakes and bring them on campus and give them to my students and tease them that I'm feeding their inner child and they'll enjoy that well then they'll at times say can we come over to your house and bake too or can we come help you frost and decorate cupcakes and that's such a little thing but it becomes part of our master status so I love being a social worker and I love being a faculty and I love being a mother but I also love just being a servant and being able to bake and have fun So our statuses are really um, the behaviors and those um, situations that come from the jobs that we have. I love teaching, don't always enjoy grading. Um, I love being able to be a parent and to nurture my kids, but then it's a hard time sometimes when my kids are struggling with behaviors or they're seeing people making choices that they find detrimental. And so all of our roles fit together to define who we are. our, under, our underlying um, perspectives have to be those things that are our values that we hold most dear and we treasure. As a parent, I want to see my kids be successful. So I'm going to give them the skills to equip them to be independent and be successful. Uh, My husband and I talk about empty nest syndrome. I'm at that age now to where I have friends whose, their children are married, they've moved away for jobs, and they're experiencing empty nest and they're grieving. Um, I say to my husband, nope, I'm ready for empty nest because I'm growing my children and preparing them, hopefully, the two of us together are to be independent of us. Um, And I teased my kids a couple of years ago, there was uh, a a commercial on back to school supplies. And um, a mom and a dad had filled their daughter's car to go away to college and they're standing in the driveway and they're crying and hugging and wiping tears and she drives off and they walk in the house and the mother walks to her bedroom and said, I want the hot tub in that corner. And we both started laughing. My husband and I say to my kids, I'm waiting for my hot tub. I know you're going to move out and, and become independent but then my role will change. I'm still going to be a mom. They're not going to be living with me. My role will change. Someday, hopefully, I'll be a grandparent. My kids will marry and and we'll have um, that available to us. We'll be able to um, engage and interact from that perspective with friends and family and things. Um, I have a friend who's very much grieving um, the loss of her children, uh, moving out and being on her own. Um, you know and so for her she's like i'm redefining myself i'm i'm figuring out how to do things outside of my home you know i i i have a struggle with being able to uh, think of myself not just in the mom role And so I'm thinking, you know what, she might want to invest in other people and be able to um, interact from that perspective to get those mom needs met, but maybe not with her kids who aren't living at home now. So when we're looking at um, the groups that we're involved with, having our primary groups, our secondary groups, even just the areas and the agencies that we socialize through. um, Our family has a significant impact on how we're socialized and brought up. Um, The school system, our church children's peers, our peers, um, media, how we interact and we engage, you know, coming from that perspective, it's um, each of those agencies of socialization, they play into uh, the aspects of who we are, how we define ourselves down. Uh, My mother-in-law came from a family where each of her siblings had five or six children, large families, and they had great difficulty with conceiving children and only had two you know and I can remember her talking about how hard of a struggle it was seeing women with children and her not being able to have you know more than just the two kids in her family and I really took that to heart when I was having my children to treasure them and to enjoy them uh, but to be thankful you know for the blessings that that came our way from that environment Uh, when we see our school systems uh, we often discuss this in class you know are you raised in private school public school um, you know, homeschool, all of those settings will definitely socialize someone differently. Are you from a small family? One or two children like I am. I have one sister or a large family. I work with someone right now who has um, is, is one of ten kids in the family and she just talks about how much she enjoys those families and um, times they can get together and they can engage with each other and they learn about, you know, she's married but now she's wanted to learn about parenting, having a child and being able to be a parent. So those extended family situations um, really do enhance your ability to learn from uh, just your own, your own group. Uh, coming from just our involvement in church, I know with uh, my family, we have nurtured, all of our children came to know Jesus as their Savior at a very early age, at five or six years old, and um, I, I know that that was just kind of a foundation for them in their uh, interaction. Uh, with other people within the church and their own interaction with Christ. And I remember when my kids hit middle school, high school, our youth pastor invited the parents of those kids going into middle school to sit down with him and do a conference. And uh, I thought, how nice, he's going to tell us about the youth group and things that, that he needs us to know. And what he talked about was, your children have been raised in your faith and now it's time for them to understand their faith. When kids get into high school and they go into college they often walk away from the foundational faith they've had because in a secular community it's not cool or it's not popular or really they're educated to to not invest in that. And he said it's my job now to work with them, to challenge them so that their faith is predominant, that their faith is something that is um, just the core of who they are and who they can establish themselves as. And I felt that was so helpful because then my kids could really be challenged and incorporate uh, Christianity in their own personal walk and understanding. Um, in a way that we as parents couldn't and we're so thankful having kids in college now and realizing that they're up for the challenge of what comes at them because they truly know who they believe in and why they believe that way so there's so many different um, ways that we engage and interact how we learn about ourselves how we learn about others um, trying on their thoughts and their behaviors are so important. Um, kids do it at a very early age, but all the way through life we're learning. So those of us in old, our older years as adults, um, nothing's new, but you know what, it's wonderful to keep our minds and our hearts and our eyes open to understanding new ways to see those things and to engage with other people um, and to connect. Um, I will love and I text my kids and I enjoy my emails. When someone's like, do you you use Twitter? Um, I don't, someday I will, that's just not me right now. And I don't feel uncomfortable with that. Our socialization comes in ways that we're comfortable and um, that we can feel like we can engage with others, but it's always about communication, it's always about connecting, it's always about sharing values. And so as we look through um, this material, Understanding as you define down who you are, it's going to be ever evolving as you grow older, as your kids leave the house, as you take on different jobs, as um, you lose someone that you love that's close to you. You continue to reevaluate who you are, reevaluate how you feel about things and really how you can make that connection into each um, new stage of your life and in your own personal development.